are listening to Ouija Brats. This is Devin. This is Liz. Liz, knock, knock. Who's there? Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes, not a very good joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's wrong, it is. That's a very good joke. I'm glad you think so. My laugh went really high and I like blew out the... (laughs) Mike, I'm going to back off this thing here. Welcome to my world. I love seeing those giant peaks when I'm recording with you where I just go totally outside the range of our audio equipment. (laughs) Well, I think my favorite moment of all time is when I told you about the skydiving beavers and you had to like get away from the microphone for a while. (laughs) It sounded like you went to like the kitchen. I went really far away. <laughs> I, had, I had somebody just message me yesterday saying that she and her boyfriend or she and her partner uh, just lose it every time they listen to that <laughs> part of that episode, which is really sweet because that means they've listened to it more than once. That's very um, cute. Yeah. Oh, we got good people. Well, because we have such good people, that's what I wanted to talk to you about today was a listener submitted story. Um, <gasps> you got another one? Not just one. We've gotten <gasps> this link from, oh gosh, six to ten people. It's, oh, oh, so it's a topic they suggested. It's not like, like the UFO oh, and the ghost yes. stories. Uh, apologies for being, yeah, sorry, bad words. <laughs> could you not think of a fancy word for that? No, I couldn't. I could, you totally heard it in my voice, too, that I was trying, apologies for being oblique. no. I just thought you were like, well, Liz will probably jump in here like a jackass and finish my sentence. So I wish just... you would. <laughs> I wish you would. You have license to do that. You and I are both moving. <laughs> we are both tired. It's hot as balls here. So all of my smarts have been boiled away. Okay. So what's this topic that all these listeners wanted you to cover? Well, it's a ghost town of Washington. And it's... Uh, it's it a must... ghost town? It's a ghost town. It's not... Um... It's a ghost town. It's a. It's making the social media rounds. I've seen it pop up on quite a few Washington friends' feeds. But then, like I said, you know, six to ten folks have messaged us or messaged me directly saying, you should totally check this out. I, you know, I think people are super excited by it because it has a really clickbaity title. Um, okay. It's from the Only In Your State website. And the title is The Abandoned Town in Washington That Most People Stay Far, Far Away From. Okay, I'm intrigued. That's a good title. Right? Okay, well, I'm going to disappoint you because the reason people stay far, far away from it is because it's fucking hard to get to. It's a long drive, and then it's a long (laughs) walk. The end. That's why people stay far away from it. But it's um, still worth talking about, I think. It's the town of Leicester, and you get to it by uh, driving on I-90 up near Snoqualmie. You take an exit near Stampede Pass, so it's over on my side of the state. Not your side of the side of the state. Um, You take that pass. You drive 13 miles on a really rutted forest service road. So it's difficult to get to unless you have a truck or an SUV. And then once you park at the trailhead, there's a gate there that prevents traffic. You do have to walk. uh, People online say it's a pretty nice, uh, gentle walk by a river. But it still is a two-mile hike Mm -hmm. uh, to get to the town of Leicester. Leicester was founded in 1891, and back at that time, it was a logging town, and it was called Deans, and it was renamed Leicester uh, a little bit later when the Northern Pacific Railroad came through, because they had a telegraph operator station there named Leicester, 
So oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah. So people uh, would always, you know, radio with the telegraph, Lester, Lester, calling Lester, Lester. <laughs> so that name stuck. I think that's really sweet. It uh, was a big deal as a town because of the railroad, just like everything else in Washington. Thank goodness for railroads. Uh, yeah. Started out with logging, but by 1902, there was a forest fire, so logging was totally out of the question in the area. But because the railroad had already established itself there, it continued to thrive. It, it got a bigger depot. Um, there were locomotive, uh, locomotive, not garages, but like there was a place for locomotives to hang out where they, when they hooked up other cars and things like that. So the town became important for totally different reason. And then... Is that called a siding? Is that what that's called? A railroad siding? You'd think I'd watch enough Thomas the Tank Engine to know what that thing is. <laughs> I bet you watched enough Dora Explorer to tell me what it is in Spanish. <laughs> in Espanol. Um, Casa del Trains. Casa del Chuchu. <laughs> Casa del Chuchu. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. I don't know. Siding sounds right. There's a word I'm trying to think of that I don't see in my notes. Um, anyway, maybe we have a train buff that's listening and they can correct my really shoddy railroad knowledge. They're, they're, no, they just threw their phone. They're not going <laughs> to oh. follow up with us now. Oh, dang it. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, so a bunch of trains there, right? Mm-hmm. It was a hub for that reason. It peaked at about a thousand people in the 1920s. And then in the 1940s and 50s, it was long enough since the forest fire that it was able to return to logging a little bit. So okay. it's doing pretty well in the 50s and into the 60s. You know, like I said, only a thousand people, but that's good for a little town in the middle of nowhere, Washington. Yeah. Its problems started with the city of Tacoma. Tacoma is the guiding thread in the two stories I'm going to tell you. So oh. today, Tacoma is the bad guy because in the 60s, Tacoma started buying up property in Leicester because it was along the banks of the Green River and the Green River is where Tacoma sources all of its drinking water. So they had a vested oh. interest in keeping that area quite nice, right? Also because I was spacing out a little and thinking about the guy named Lester, I was like, Tacoma was buying segments of this man. He was like, <laughs> she sectioned himself up like a butcher diagram. Like a butcher diagram. <laughs> like they didn't cut him up. He was just like, from my left elbow down belongs to Tacoma. I think that's a great idea for a person who wants to rent or I guess actually sell permanently parts of their bodies for advertising. You can just, yeah. like, I will tattoo your brand from my wrist to my forearm. And that mm -hmm. is a set price. For lease. <laughs> for lease. Oh. Well. Okay. So they get all their drinking water from the Green River. They get the drinking water from the Green River <laughs> in the town of Leicester, not the man of Leicester. Although, speaking of people and drinking water, side note is that I guess in the 60s, Tacoma was really pissed at the railroad because the train uh, would, it had bathrooms, the passenger trains had bathrooms, mm -hmm. and it would dump the human bathroom waste over a bridge that funneled into, or that uh, spanned the Green River. So, oh, nasty. Yeah, so uh, Tacoma had to, to 
beg and plead and wheedle and get really aggressive with the railroad company to finally get them to contain the human waste until they got to a depot and disposed of it properly instead of tossing it into their drinking water supply. Well, that was my Lester disgusting drinking water digression. Tacoma, okay. obviously, I know I said that they were the bad guy, but I, I kind of get it. They were needing to keep the drinking water safe. So they own a lot of property. Residents are actually, um, because it was a logging camp and then a railroad town, most of the property there was owned by the city and then leased, you know, houses and property were leased to people. So now Tacoma owns all of this property and is renting the houses to the people that have lived there forever. Uh, the residents are pretty upset that they come back to the town. Well, they come back to the town, but they're, they're pretty upset that one day Tacoma's like, no, we're just going to block access to Lester. We own it, Ugh. basically. We don't want people there. So they padlock this gate so people can't drive to and from Lester. It's this oh, that this, gate? That That's gate. still there? There's still a gate there. Yep. And people lived in Lester and they just were like, no. Yeah. Oh, they were just like, no, you can't go where we're padlocking it. We don't want people up there. In 63 to 65, I think it was, King County sued the city of Tacoma because they said, well, you can't put a padlock on a gate that goes across the road. The county owns the road. So who the fuck cares if you own the town? I mean, you're going to dick over the residents. We're not worried about that. We're just mad that you're blocking access to the road. Uh, mm -hmm. It went through the courts. The judge actually upheld uh, Tacoma's argument, but on... Um, Further, I, I, I mean, they ruled in Tacoma's favor, so I don't know why this was still being kicked around by judges, but eventually um, the court said that King County was remiss for not including other landowners, sorry, other landowners in their suit uh, because that would have maybe given the county a more favorable outcome if they'd said that there were other people uh, who okay. had access blocked by this gate across the road. So, anyway... People are still living in Leicester, but by the 70s, the population's down to 22 people. Logging's no longer a thing. It's no longer a railroad hub. Tacoma was kind of a little bitch. So we've only got 22 <laughs> people hanging out in Leicester in the late 70s. And then the final death knell came in 1985 for this town when Washington State Legislature passed a, a bill that dissolved all school districts that had fewer than, I think it was five students, in that. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So the town had a funeral for their school. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, isn't that sweet? You morbid weirdos. I kind of like a little <laughs> folks Lester. Yeah. Um, but that means there's, you know, no reason for young people to be there. The town pretty much dis uh, dissolved, disincorporated at that time. Yeah, I guess they had to. But I tell you what, even in the late 90s, Lester still had one resident. And she is my new history girlfriend. Oh, nice. Her name was Gertrude Murphy. And in 1998, she was 95 years old and still living in Lester with her niece. Wow. 
Well, it sounds like there were two people still right. living there. You're right. There were two people. The niece <laughs> really want to be there, it sounds like. so. Oh, uh, okay. So Gertrude was like, I'm from Leicester, and her niece was like, I guess I also have to live here. Yeah. It's the best kind of correct. It's the best kind of correct. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Gertrude used to be a school teacher in Leicester, and she'd lived oh. there her whole life. Uh, she talked, the Seattle Times did an article on her in 1998, so that's how I found out about Gertrude. Um, she was a school teacher. She used to, she talked about how Lester used to have these dances every week at the assembly hall in the auditorium and families would picnic and they just had such a beautiful little town and she loved it so much she never wanted to leave. So in the spring, summer, and early fall, she lived in a little cottage. It was not her house, so I don't know if she was illegally squatting or what, but there were no conveniences. She didn't have, um, she had electricity because they said the television only played snow on <laughs> it. Um, but she, she just hung out she and her niece. And then when it got cold, she lived with family in Kent because she couldn't traverse the roads with all the snow that it got. And then she just waited, uh, for the next year until she could go back up and do it again. She died in 2002 at the age of 99, and she was still going to Leicester, even up until she died, because she loved it so wow. do you? So she was a school teacher. Do you think she's the one that coordinated the school funeral? I want her to, since she's my girlfriend yeah. now. I want her she to. She seems like she was home. into it. Yeah, I think yeah. she was into it. Um, but so since 2002, there haven't been any official residents of Leicester. It mm -hmm. is considered a ghost town. And that's where this only in your state, Washington, gets into uh, talking about how how great of a find it is in Washington because so many of the structures were left intact, um, mm. mostly houses. And a lot of them even still had, you know, I saw a bunch of pictures online where they still had furniture in them. They still had teacups. Oh, wow. Um, you can't really back a U-Haul up to that, I guess. Guess not, right? Um, looked really cool. I would have definitely checked it out if it weren't for the killjoy that is Wikipedia, which tells me that this Only in Your State article is pre-2017, uh, pre because in 2017, Tacoma raised the town, and now there is nothing left of Lester. Tacoma! I was not that mad about the poop dumping, and I was not that mad about the lock, but now I'm mad. <laughs> Fucking Killjoys, man. Dr. Killjoy. Just Tacoma. Killjoys. <sighs> uh, so now, everybody who's been sending me this article, I adore you. Thank you so much for doing that. But don't get too excited, because there ain't no reason to go to Lester anymore. There's That's not cool! I'm so mad. No less, no more, Liz. <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't come up with it. It's on a tombstone in Tombstone, Arizona. That's right. It's something like, here lies Lester mm -hmm. Moore. Yep. Four shots from a 44. No less, no more. No more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Poor Lester. But applying it to the town of Leicester is very good. That's I a good joke. I think it works. It's a good joke. <sighs> Thanks. It makes up for my dishes joke earlier. 
they're both wonderful. I went off into a a whole reverie about living someplace where you have electricity, but like the TV doesn't work. Yeah. Nobody else is around. Yeah. Did she just, did her niece bring her all the food? I wonder. And like, a million I, supermarket romance novels like it, it both would be <laughs> incredibly boring i feel like in my head it would be really peaceful and introspective and then reality yeah. it would be really boring yeah well i mean she was in her in her 90s so i assume she was moving at a slower pace and a little bit happier <sighs> to have very few uh interruptions i guess it said that uh she greeted anybody who came to visit the ghost town and would take them on a tour to show them where places used to be. And also that one of her favorite things to do was make spice cake in her little okay. cottage. So she was and doing then a she good could give job. it to visitors. Yeah. If you were the only person left alive in a ghost town, would you wear pants? No. Well, <laughs> dude, I got chubby little thighs and they rub together and I need something to keep them from loving on each other too much. <laughs> you so. described that the most adorable way. <laughs> That's what they do. They just love each other so much. They got to <laughs> rub all up on. Well, they got to kiss, kiss, kiss. That's maybe. Yeah, they do. That's why I texted you yesterday and said that my new brilliant genius invention is to make these giant band-aids but for thighs so that you can put them on your thighs and then they don't chafe when you're wearing a skirt but you also don't yeah. want to wear bicycle shorts and now you said it on the podcast so it's trademarked tmtm devon tm 2017 r, r with a circle yeah yeah, yeah. that yeah <laughs> a ouija broads corporation nobody uh, yeah my idea all I rights did, reserved i did yeah all rights reserved thank you very much <laughs> Oh, that's just a good story. That well, was a really good story. Thank you, everybody, for sending that in, and Devin for sharing all the good stuff. I'm so glad people sent it in. I have more Tacoma stories to share with you, and this time Tacoma's not really the bad guy, uh, if you want to hear okay. about that. I yeah. guess I'll see if you can redeem Tacoma for me. <laughs> I'll try real hard to redeem it in your eyes. Tacoma was the bad guy in the last story, and like... All good stories, bad guys get punished. So Tacoma's punishment for locking out Lester's residence is that their old city hall is supposedly haunted. <gasps> what? Take that, bitches. <laughs> Tacoma's old city hall was built in the Italian villa style, I found out, which apparently just means a shit ton of bricks and fancy work, in <laughs> 1893. Um, it, the city hall itself is a five-story brick building, and then it has a 10-story clock tower, which is built as a freestanding structure. So it looks all incorporated, but what I learned was that if an earthquake or whatever levels the city hall building, the clock tower is supported structurally on its own. So hopefully that thing doesn't come toppling down as well. Well, it's a good thing I'm not an architect. <laughs> Stuff you have I to would just be about. like, yeah, let me just staple this thing to this other thing. It's probably going to be good. I think it's going to be fine. Were you really bad at uh, building toothpick bridges and stuff? Oh, yes. <laughs> that made me... Those assignments and the egg dropping thing never yeah. made me feel like I belonged in the gifted classes. I tell you what. <laughs> I was just like, no, never mind. <laughs> and you were in every single AP advanced honors class that high school offered. 
So you and I ain't no shit about physics to this day. <laughs> um, all I remember is that apparently you were supposed to glue your toothpicks and bullshit into uh, triangles because a triangle is the strongest shape. Herkaderkader, like that's dumb. I don't need to know that, but that's what I took away from that. Yeah, I think mostly what. Whoa, lost my train of thought. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. That gone. was that was just uh, gone with the wind. Um I, th- I like that. I think mostly what and then there's just this long pause. <laughs> Done with that. I think mostly I don't think. Mostly we played Olympic decathlon on really on old 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 computers. Oh. You're bringing that back. Mhm. And we played um Odell Lake. I don't know that one. Then Oregon Trail, of course. I remember Oregon Trail fondly. I'm sure I would hate it now, trying to play it, but I remember. No, nah, it holds up, man. All right, it holds up. All right, mm-hmm. I can get it. I can get. It. Well, it is a good thing that you. If I mean, if you're not into physics, you shouldn't build towers because apparently the building is so heavy with all the brick and it's so tall that the uh, the walls are six feet wide at the base. That's how okay, big it gotta be to support this huge fucking structure dude interesting yeah some more just fun things to know about the city hall is that the four clock bells are in it were cast by the same baltimore company that cast the liberty bell and then oh okay so, i don't know yeah, they didn't I, do a great job on that did they great job no no hopefully these are well i know that they're doing better because they're still in use by <laughs> ghosts <gasps> I'll get to that in a minute. I'm I'm leading myself here. Uh, but my other... You just keep saying ghost, and then you back up and give me more architecture. Yeah. Then you say ghosts again. <laughs> Deal with it. Deal with it. Well, here's a grisly anecdote. It's not ghost, but the architect, Edward Hatherton, uh, who designed this with his firm, he, uh, a couple years after completing it, he killed himself because of financial troubles. So this building was kind of cursed from the start. Maybe not cursed, but it definitely got started on an ominous note. And Yeah, it's a bad vibe. Yeah, right? Has since uh, had all kinds of problems. In the 50s, that's when they moved City Hall to a different building. So the place has been leased to business tenants. It's had a couple people wanting to look at it to turn it into condos. It's the supposed potential site of another McMinimins endeavor. They're mm-hmm. the you know, group that goes around buying up old places and turning them into luxury resort hotels. Well, their project, they've talked about buying it since 2015, and it's still stalled. Oh, okay. Yeah, so no time soon is anything happening. Old City Hall right now is vacant. For a while, it had a restaurant on the main floor, but as I can find everywhere now, it's vacant. The annex, which was also the old jail, does have a tenant. It's a brewery, so that part is still being used. But nothing doing for the main building itself. Hmm. Back when the building was used more regularly, though, security guards and office workers and other folks who were in the building said it was haunted by several ghosts. Uh, 
Several ghosts. That's a plural word that I want there. <laughs> it was haunted by several goats. Several goats. They were they were bad tenants. <laughs> oh man. Just cut that shit. Oh. <laughs> Get me out of your life while I'm at it. Sometimes I don't I don't deserve friends. Anyway, let's try that one again. <laughs> Devin said a word wrong and then she withdrew from society forever. <laughs> It's like 90 degrees in my apartment. I'm hungry and I I don't feel like a good human being right now. She just walled herself up like an anchorite. (laughs) Just send me off to Lester. I'll go live alone. (laughs) Uh, Old City Hall is the supposed haunt of several ghosts is the sentence that I wanted to give you and I couldn't spit it out. So there you go. Okay. Okay. One, one of the best known spirits it has. Oh, God, it's has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going with it. One of its best known spirits is Gus, which is also Gus. the name of my parents' Labrador puppy. So it's a name I'm already inclined to like. He's, he's a mischievous little dude. Gus is known for moving the elevators between floors. So it's never at one or two. It's at one half. Damn it. Um, <laughs> Gus, he uh, turns lights on and off. He unlocks doors that security guards know were locked. And uh, when Tacoma Bar and Grill occupied the first floor, they blamed Gus for uh, hazing that happened to most new employees. Gus would knock bottles of liquor one by one in a row like a cat. Off the shelf. <laughs> I can picture people. that so clearly. Isn't that sweet? He'd knock them off the shelf until they would talk to him, until they acknowledged <laughs> that he was there. And they said that none of the bottles ever broke. Um, that he just fucked with the new employees until they were like, "What's up, Gus?" And then he, you like, know, that he was like making eye contact, like now. Oh yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. Gus is my kind of ghost. I think that's precious. <laughs> Um, they're not sure if it was Gus or if it was another spirit, but in 1979, I guess Tacoma police just had a doozy of a night because the security system kept getting tripped at the building and then they'd go and everything was locked and there was no one in there and then they'd get back to the station <sighs> and then it would get tripped again. So they're like, God damn Gus. <laughs> Chill out. Um, a different entity is presumed to be the one behind ringing the clock tower bells at not our times. Sometimes, apparently, they just go off. <laughs> Whenever you damn well feel like it, huh, Gus? Whenever you feel like it. And then security guards who have worked in the building, a lot of them have reported on their shifts. They either feel like someone has just rushed past them or rushed mm-hmm. toward them. And other people say it's kind of, you know, it used to be a city hall. It used to be full of people, like, rushing to and from, and that it's not a mean kind of rushing at you. It's just like somebody's like, move, bitch, get out the way. I got a place to <laughs> I got to file this shit. And they're going. Which I think is really sweet. I, I mean, I... <laughs> that was kind of a juxtaposition. <laughs> I think it's great the way they're like, move, bitch, get out the way. It's so sweet. It's not a mean move, get out the way. It's just like, come on now. Let's get going. Get the lead out. Quit flop dicking around. <laughs> So this is your ghost from the future. This is so me. I'm astral projecting in my sleep to be ghost or to be Gus. 
Gus Ghost. <laughs> There's one other thing I'd like to tell you about Tacoma City Hall, and it's not a ghost, it's a curse. Okay. Did I I didn't even pique your interest enough for you to go like, what? Tell me more. You're just like, nah, all right. No, I'm just like, go on. <laughs> here, here, do it again and I'll give you a bigger reaction. Liz, I've got another story to tell you about. <laughs> now I'm laughing. I've lost all of, the, all, all of the drama of the moment. I have another story to tell you about Tacoma's old city hall, but it's not about a ghost. It's about a curse. <gasps> Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Turd. You are definitely <laughs> one of a kind. Gus really inspired me to access my inner pain-in-the-ass ghost person. It's not inner. It's usually outer. There's a poltergeist inside all of us just waiting. Just waiting to get out. All right. All right. We're getting into the story here. October 30th, 1947. Real close to Halloween. That's creepy, right? I shouldn't make light of this because this is really shitty. Uh, October 30th, 1947, a man named Jake Bird broke into a Tacoma home and in a robbery and rape gone wrong, ended up hacking to death with an axe a woman and her daughter. Damn, Jake. Uh, damn, Jake. Neighbors, That's really wrong. It's really not what you do in polite society. Jake was a bad dude. Uh, we find out a little bit more about him here in a minute. Well, I mean, literally in a moment, I guess I could tell you that Police responded because neighbors heard the women screaming, and two officers chase Jake from the scene, and he ends up really hurting them both. He stabs them both a whole bunch, and they have to go get stitched up after they capture him. So Fuck. we already know that Jake's an asshole. He gets taken to the prison, which is the annex of Tacoma's old city hall. Oh. When he's there, he confesses to the murder, uh, he's in jail and goes to trial for two counts of murder. It was a three-day trial. James was found guilty within 30 minutes and sentenced to death. The weird thing is that during his 20-minute final remarks, he concludes with, all you guys who had anything to do with this case are going to die before I do. And that was called okay, yeah, right. That was called the Jake Bird hex, and it was apparently effective because within a year, the defense attorney, a jailer, the judge, the court reporter, and a police investigator all died. Oh snap! And then within, uh, he was in jail for two years. Two months before he was executed, a jailer that was working on his ward also died. Whoa. Did they die in horrible ways, or was no. it just a really high body count through seemingly natural causes? The, uh, the first five were heart attacks, and the last one was pneumonia. Oh, okay. And these were all men who were somewhere between 40 and 70. So, I, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not unusual. I just thought it was really fascinating that he said, you're all going to die, and then six people closely connected to the case or to him do die before yeah. he is executed by hanging two years later. 
Yeah. Two, and two years later, I mean, it's not like they got him the next day and everybody died in between there. That's a decent window, but that's not so long that you'd expect that many people to go down. No, five that's really people something. within a year. The sixth one within two years after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, while on death row, Jake said that he had killed 44 other people while traveling the country as a transient worker. And if that is correct, that would make him America's most prolific serial killer. Wow. He'd beat out the Green River Killer, unless the projected kill count for the Green River Killer is correct, at which case Gary Ridgway still beats everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's always the question when you're ranking them. Dang it, we're talking about serial killers again. I know. Uh, <laughs> so- I thought about that. That's that's called the Ouija Broads curse. The Ouija Broads curse is always bring it back. Yeah, is once you've said you're not going to talk about serial killers anymore, you will proceed to talk about serial killers on every single episode ever after. All the effing time, dude. Yeah, but you know, do you count how many you were able to prove, how many they confessed to, how many you suspect? Yeah. Nonetheless, wow, that's, mm, I might have kept him around and asked some more follow-up questions. Some follow-up questions perhaps would have helped a lot of people. Uh a lot of families maybe figure that out. But yeah, the Jake Bird Hex. Wow. There you go. Did that, Good did that story. redeem Tacoma a little bit for you, since it's got a haunted city hall? It didn't make me want to go to Tacoma. What? No, you're supposed to be the brave one of the two of us. You're supposed to want to go to Tacoma. When did we decide that? Oh, I don't know, just now. Just, I guess, because, <laughs> no, I guess you watch things through your hands. So. Yeah, I, I know I have a special technique where I put my thumbs in my ears so I can't hear the scary thing, and then I fold my fingers across my eyes so I can't see it either, and then I watch through a little tiny crack in my fingers. Do you know how screwed we are if I'm the brave one? <laughs> we will never investigate any of these claims, dude. <laughs> no, I'm okay with that. All right. We're not investigators. Oh, we're, we're storytellers. Storytellers. I'm going to put that on my resume. There you go. We need some business cards. We do need some business cards. Should they be a uh, shoot, dude? I think they should just be a Ouija board on one side. Yeah. Should they be functional? Should there be like a little planchette that you can have? Oh, there absolutely should be. It could be a guitar pick. I don't know why. Just the same shape. Yeah, no, I think you're onto something there. Um, do you want to okay. tell everybody the Ouija board you sent me that is the advice you always give me? It's Oh, shit, we so need that. We need to, yeah. like, affiliate with them because the options for the Ouija board, you know where it says yes and no? It mm-hmm. just says no and no. And at the bottom it says, ho, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Words to live by. <laughs> you've ever given me i'm just really sad we didn't come up with it because that would i i would make that my new <laughs> slogan you know, it we, covers a lot oh just and you know if i'm texting you for your advice that it's something i shouldn't be doing if it was something i should be doing i'd just fucking do it if i should <laughs> be doing it i'm clearly asking you to talk me out of it so yeah and i'm i'm also a very like 
you know, do no harm but take no shit kind of person. So if if somebody asks me whether something is morally okay, they've already decided what answer they want. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Well, I didn't have something great to end that on. Just Tacoma. What the fuck? Tacoma. Oh, you know what? I think about every time I think about Tacoma is on the way out to the valley or to Coeur d'Alene. There's a company called Tacoma Screw. And Matt and I always discuss. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't decide whether the Tacoma Screw is like, is it a sex position? Is it a mixed drink? Or is it a con? You know, I, like he said, he gave him the old Tacoma screw. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's when you drop poop on them That's and then lock their door and lock, <laughs> lock off their road. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, and it's man. I think that you could make a case for the Tacoma screw being all three of those. I think that you should start mm-hmm. with one and then the inspiration for the others will follow logically. Yeah. Then you just see where it takes you. Yeah. See where the Tacoma screw takes you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's no. Oh my God, woman! I think it's a. It's probably, you know, it's a mixed drink. First of all, it's a cocktail, but you put uh, Green River soda in it. Oh, <gasps> you're right. Yeah. What's a screwdriver? Orange juice and vodka or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you got um, Green River. What flavor is Green River soda? Do they make all the flavors? No, I, th- I thought Green River was like a Sprite kind of thing. I thought it was a citrus. Oh. Okay, yeah, it says sort of lime-flavored. Okay, so you do that, and there's vodka, and you do a splash of orange juice, or you can do a um, an orange peel twist. On it. We've also trade yeah. that bartender friend. TM, TM, TM. Yeah, TM. R, with the, C. The C with the circle around it. Yeah, circles around all the letters. Yeah, that, yeah, that MGM lion has roared. You know that this is stamped ours. Although that's probably trademarked, and now I'm in trouble for referencing that. (laughs) Can we reference Green River? I mean, that's proprietary. Now I'm in trouble for endorsing a soda. Oh, no. Oh, Liz, this is murky. This is just going to have to go under our our general legal strategy of maybe nobody will notice what we're doing. Well, I tell you what, maybe nobody will notice what we're doing, but if they do, I hope we have all of the charm of Raleigh Faulkner and yes, seriously. We'll be set. We will be set. No, I think it's okay to mention stuff like that. And I did make sure that our intro and outro music, uh, The House is Haunted by Roy Fox, is out of copyright in both uh, the United States and the UK. So yes. there you go, everybody. <laughs> Take that, censors. I Have you ever listened to the whole tune? No, I haven't. It's worth listening to. It's funny because it's like he's using it as a metaphor about, you know, the house is haunted by the echo of your last goodbye and stuff. But also he's just doing this sort of spooky, scary skeleton music. So, I mean, it it sounds like it should be something out of Disney's uh, silly symphonies, you know, with the skeleton. Doesn't it? Yeah. Exchanging heads and yeah. all about it. Whoa. This is vivid. Right? <laughs> right? He's done a good job. Nice. What a composer. All right. Okay. Outro us, my friend. I will outro us. You've been listening to Ouija Broads. You can find us on Podbean and iTunes for your listening pleasure. We also have our proprietary website, (laughs) Ouija 
We would love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you're on social media, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we absolutely love engaging with our audience there. Please send us any story ideas you have, any questions you have. If you'd like to see our research or have a trip to the Great Pacific North Weird planned and you want a recommendation, boy, golly, I bet we can give it to you. This is oh, Kevin. yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, I agreed with you too much. No, just the right amount. Just the right amount. You can clip <laughs> out my part. So it's just Liz going, oh, yeah. And then Devin oh, going, yeah. yeah. And those ringtones should be available for sale. <laughs> <laughs> for our uh, patron account, you know, once we set that up, Liz or I or both together will record your uh, outgoing or your, I guess your your voicemail message so that it sounds yeah. like you, you know, have a sexy girlfriend or something like that, I guess, making your... Or just a special clip that you, with a with a button. This is an idea I have for an app, which is it's just going to be available on the App Store for 99 cents. And it's just a button that looks like a logo, our logo. And when you push it, it just says, oh, don't do it. God, you're brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I love Don't it. do it. Don't do it, ho. My, I'm going I'm to digress here, even though we're trying to outro and say that my grandpa had, and then he died, and before he died, he'd given one of these to my dad. So my dad loves it because it's vulgar and also because it reminds him of his father-in-law. But it was a tiny key fob, and I mean, this is back in like 1995, so this was the height of sophistication in 95. It was a key fob that had five different buttons on it. And whichever one you pushed, it would have a corresponding rude phrase. And he found out that if he put it in the drawer of one of their antique hutches, every time you opened or closed this drawer, it was triggered and this man would go, fuck you. (laughs) Delightful. Yep. That's charming. Right? There was another one I remember. It was, eat shit. And it's just, (laughs) they're awful. They're all coming back to me now. And that's my memory of my grandpa and my dad. And I promise our Ouija Broads app will say, ho, don't do it, instead of (laughs) four-letter words. (laughs) That's excellent. You can't get better than that. No, you can't get better than that. I'm so glad people listen to us after this. (laughs) More all the time, for some reason. (laughs) That's blackmail. They're just, they're getting shit on us for when we go in. Morbid curiosity. Politics, right? Right? Oh, man. Okay. Well, thank you for talking to me and being my friend, and thank you to everyone for listening. <laughs> thank you all for being our friends. Yes. <laughs> so, Mr. Rogers. We need all the friends we can get. We do need all the friends we can get. Oh, friends, we want you to live weird. Die weird. And stay weird. Oh, that was good stuff, that my was friend. Good stuff. Always good stuff with you, buddy. <laughs>